Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Who's ready to be touched by God this morning? Amen. Should be open to the move of the Holy Spirit. Every preacher wants to have you hear them preach. I'm not going to lie. But what I want more than anything else is for you to be touched by God. I'm going to be I'm going to be looking out and we'll somehow or another we'll meet at the end. Me and you in agreement. If you need to be touched by God today, ready your heart right now. Ready your heart right now to be touched by God. I look around the room and I look at faces. Probably sometimes you don't think that I do, but I do. I feed off of you. I look at your faces. If you're disinterested, I preach longer. (laughs) If you're quiet, I preach longer. Because if you're loud and you look interested, last week there was a guy just zonked out right over here, zonked out. I mean, mouth open, wife standing, sitting next to him. I couldn't bear it. If that was me, I'd be like, come on, dude. Go get a cup of coffee, do something. But I mean, like, <laughs> mouth open. I actually yelled one time and I looked at him right at that moment. He <laughs> then went right back. <laughs> I'll tell you, if you can sleep during my messages, you can sleep during anybody's messages. It certainly isn't quiet. It's not quiet and sedate up here. I don't speak in a monotone voice. That's for sure. But I'm looking for God to move on you today. As you know, got a big day coming up on Friday. Now, you guys didn't let me down before. I'm asking you, do not let me down this time. We have to fill this place. So what we're going to do right now is just pray with me. Lord, open up the doors. Lord, open. Don't, don't repeat my words. Just pray with me. Just pray with me. Lord, open up the doors for me to invite people and to share my faith this week. Open the doors for me. Just pray this now. Pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. That's Philemon 1.6. You should be praying this all the time over yourself. Open up the doors for me, Lord, to invite somebody or some people to come this Friday night. Open up those doors and then, Lord, place your anointing upon it. Place your courage upon me, your anointing upon me to make the invite and to share my faith. Holy Spirit, we ask you for this in Jesus' mighty name. And we all shout, amen. Pray that over myself too. I'm going to be looking to invite people. Some of you might be nervous. You should be. What you do, I'm not going to lie to you. What you do is just cast it all on the wind of the Spirit. You just cast it all on. Listen, you are looking at, I know it's going to shock some of you, a control freak, type A personality, And I've had to learn, you know what, you go in and you let the Spirit do what the Spirit wants to do. It was Wednesday night of this week, I was up at the conference. I go to the conference four times a year up there. 
And I was sitting there in the second row. And what I've, what I've done, when you're spending 10 hours a day in church, that's what we do. Seriously. Somewhere in the neighborhood. By the time in and out, parking everywhere else, minimum 10 hours in church. At the river. Four and a half, five hour services. You know, there's times where you, I, I just was like, you know what? I'm just not going to, I always get to the place where I'm just not going to worry about what happens in the service, but what happens whether I feel anything or not. Anybody struggle with that in Pentecostal services? I know you're afraid to say, yeah, I'm looking at all the pious faces out there. Oh no, not me. <laughs> Fine. You're better than me. There you go. You win. So anyway, <laughs> it was that service. I was just pretty much like, you know what? I'm just cruising. Well, I was listening intently, gathering, chewing on the meat, doing all those things. But I was, you know, I was just kicking back. Pastor Rodney comes and he just stands right in front of me and starts staring at me, which he does frequently. And then he just hit me in the chest with his hand, fire, like that. And there's a, I was tased again. I shot back, my arms locked up. I was talking to Aaron about this. For those of you who don't know, Aaron's our worship leader. He's the backbone of all that I do here. He really is. No Aaron, no Tom. So, yeah, I was talking to Aaron about it right out. Well, not after that service, but after Friday night service. And I was preaching against that, not three years ago. I mean, not, not hardcore preaching against it. I believe in being touched by God, being slain in the spirit. But I was like, yeah, you know, people are overboard. <laughs> and, I, and listen, there was never any lack, there was never any lack of Bible around here. But what there was was a lack of power. And if you wanna, if you wanna have, choose one or the other, you'll stay at 150 people for 15 years. Because it's you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. <laughs> Acts chapter one, verse eight. And we are, not, we are not a faith of kindness. We are a faith of power. In that power is kindness. You, you, want, you want to be kind to somebody? Have power in the fingertips of your hand to melt a tumor. That's kindness. Not, not a flute player or a crier ushering them into, uh, into heaven or hell. Look how sweet the music is as you die. What a, great, what a great faith. Certainly wasn't how Jesus operated. If it's not how Jesus operated, then why do we operate that way? Jesus went on and about healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. All. Not some. All. Everybody that he touched was healed. So anyway, I got touched by God again. And I mean, on Friday night, I was just, uh, was it Friday? I think it was Friday night. I was just a sobbing fool. <laughs> Belly's just vibrating. I can't make it happen unless I'm really crying. All of which I was like, you know what? I get it. People touched by God. It's emotionalism. Let's get back to the Bible. That's how I was three years ago. What we got going on over here? No, no. There you go. 
Yep, we're good. He's just being, he's being touched by God and that's good. You know. Here's the thing. I've learned to check. We've had a couple people in our services before, either it was touched by God, but we also had people collapse, so I check. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm touched by God, and, I'm, and I, my wife, Hope keeps asking me, are you all right to drive? This is Wednesday night. I'm like, yeah, just like every drunk says. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Every person I ever arrested for DUI told me they were good to drive, and they only had two. It's just like, it's just like a Democrat who's vaccinated that just got COVID for the eighth time. I'm so thankful I'm vaccinated. It's a mantra that you have to repeat. So we get to the Wawa, where I get my midnight snack. And Hope's like, you can't drive. Because it was pretty ugly getting there. Because I was like, I was like having to remember, right hand, left hand, everything's in slow motion. I was at, I gassed up the car and I'm trying to remember, insert card where? And where is the card? It's in your hand, oh. And you see, what God is doing at that moment is disconnecting you from your carnal mind <laughs> and showing you, you know what? I don't, I don't need your mind. I need you to be a vessel. Empty yourself out. Empty yourself out. Be willing to be, you don't listen, look at me now. You can trust me. I will not let anything weird go on anywhere. If it's not the spirit, I'm shutting it down. You saw it. Any noise, I'm like a moth to a flame. I'll check it. We'll see if it's of the spirit. If it's not, you'll see the goon squad come up and... That's my name. I think I stole it from Aaron, but, or Tommy. But that's the name for our group, group of guys. But just be open. You know, you're, you'll, never, you'll never hear more Bible than you hear at this church. And that, and here's the thing, and that's why I sit under, why Pastor Rodney R. Brown is my pastor, is because I never hear more Bible from anybody else but him. But he mixed it. Now, when we got into the flow, when I came under pastoral authority, and you're like, Tom, does that mean you do whatever the River Church tells you? No, not at all. He never tells me to do one thing with this church. Not one thing, ever. He call, you know what he calls up and asks about? Me. That's it. Doesn't ask about, he'll ask how did the, how did the services go. No recommendations, you should do this, you do not, I mean nothing. Nothing like that. We'll, we'll always have our own personality. But I will tell you this, when I came under pastoral authority, what I did was connected with a power source. This whole church changed. Well, we just go the same way we were going for 16 years. 150 to 250, 150 to 250, 150 to 250, 150 to 250. Hey, we're growing. That's what every church does. Hey, look at us grow. No, wait a minute. You're 175. You were 175 seven years ago, but you went down to 140, and now you're back to 175 and so say you're growing. And that's been going on for a decade. I was, I was doing that. 
But when you actually get into the power of God, things change. Things change. And all that I did was connect and learn and keep my mouth shut. And so this may shock you too. I struggle keeping my mouth shut. I always think I'm right. Right now, right now, I'm not lying to you. I think I'm right about everything. Seriously. I'm gonna preach about the book of Revelation today. Some of you are not gonna agree with me. I'm right. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You don't agree about pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, 75% trib, 85% trib, whatever. Just work it out. Book of Revelation is true. I'm just going to read it to you. You decide. If you want it, there's nuances in there that you want to add. You add them if you want to. I add nothing. Whatever, however the word unfolds, if it's not there, I don't care what pastor says it's there. No matter who they are, no matter what Christian leader or any Christian says, I go with the word of God, period. That's it. If it's not there, I don't do it. If it's not there and we don't know the answer, you know what I say? I don't know. I don't know exactly how that's going, how that will be. What, 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 does, what does the fall of Babylon mean exactly? I don't know. I'm not there. It's not going to happen in my lifetime, really. So I don't know. We don't, nobody, you never, you're not going to know everything. But you, you're going to hear the word of God preached to you. Make sure that you are here on Friday night. Don't find an excuse and don't find, well, you know, you know I, I watched Pastor Rodney back in the 90s. I really didn't agree. Don't, listen, why don't you give it a shot? Because that, listen, I'm going to tell you. This is what, if I, was, if I was standing in front of the people at the river, and I probably said this before while I was preaching there, but people want dramatic things to happen in their life, right? If you don't, what's the matter with you? Look at me. You, don't, you want dramatic change. You want restoration. You want your ministry to explode, right? If you don't have a ministry, you should either be a part of one or you should have one. Thank you, Pete, for the one amen. Thank you over there for following up on Pete. See, Christians have no idea that every single person in this room is called to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus. You have a gift, you have a calling, or you have a combination therein. That's the truth. Most Christians will never do it. They'll get to heaven and God will lay out to them the ministry they were supposed to perform. That's the truth. That, that's what will happen. If you want to know how to do it, people ask me, how did you do it? Because I certainly, Hope will correct me after the service. You're not that bad. It's really not, okay. It, on the whole, we were a successful church for years because we were 200 people. That's way bigger than the average. And I was setting world records and running people off. <laughs> world records. Just by saying things like, you know what, if you're sleeping with your boyfriend, you're going to hell. That's the truth. So it's Galatians 5, 19, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. That's the Bible. So I just tell people, that where we're leaving, okay, whatever. You do what you got to do. But if you want to know how to turn it around, do you want to know? Yeah. Are you, or are you, or are you so sedated that you don't care anymore and that you just clawed your fingernails into the side of the hill and just going to hold on until Jesus comes back? 
That's not what he's, that's not how he's called you to live. Have you been so bruised and battered by other Christians that you've decided, you know what? I'm just going to retract. I'll love Jesus only. Well, is that what the word of God is? If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? It's easier to love people than God. Fact. That's the Bible now. It's easier. Who do most people choose to love? Narrow is the way if you find it. Matthew 7, 13, right? And 14. What, What are all the songs about? Loving people. It's easier to love a human being. If you haven't conquered that, you're in big trouble. Now, people are jerks. Of course they are. So are you. So are you. Other people who think that I'm just this horrible person, sometimes, you know, mean, whatever. There we go. Hello. Hey, I heard my own voice. Hey, that's cool. I never, that's the first. <laughs> Seriously. That's the first. I've never heard my own voice during a service on some sort of recording or time delay. I love you guys. It's all right. If you're going to blow it, I'd rather hear my own voice. No, that's not. Yeah, it's cool. But if you want to turn things around, and listen, look at me face to face. Look at me. There's not a soul in this room, and if I could look at myself, I would maybe have to get your phone and look, turn it and let me look at myself. <laughs> if I could look at myself, I would. If you want, oh, there we go. Hey, there I am. Hey, that's a time delay. <laughs> if I could look at myself, I would. You may not think you need to turn things around, but you do. Let me ask you this now. Let me ask you this. You know, I'm going to come down to you. I want to be face to face with you. You may be, that last one was a, was a, was a big one. You may think that it's not you. You guys still see me all right back there? I'm going to have Aaron, I'm gonna have Aaron put me up a little platform up here where I can do like a mod, because I hate being up that high. This doesn't work for me. It makes me feel like I'm not connected with you, which I, I like to be connected. But you may not think that it's you. And you're like, you know what? I'm good. You're in the worst place you could possibly be if you think that. I'm not talking about heaven and hell here. I'm not talking about that right now. Hell may be something that you need to consider. I don't know how you're living, but I'm assuming for the moment that you're saved and that you're good. And I don't mean saved by modern day standards of salvation. I mean legitimately, you've turned from your sin and received Jesus, not, not picking one or the other. I'm talking about full gospel here. And you may think that you're all right, but ask yourself this question. If I, if I, it's all right, Ty, it's not your fault. Really, seriously, I love you, man. It's not your fault. If it goes off, it goes off. You know what I'm saying? We'll do the best that we can. Just like we did our first communion this morning, Easter egg hunt slash communion this morning. <laughs> we decided that everybody right here does not get anything. <laughs> and then once you did, you had to walk all the way over there and then all the way back over here. But you have to ask yourself, if you think, you know what, I'm good, where's the fruit? Now, you're like, well, the fruit is I'm growing. I want you to find that in the Bible. See, every, every last thing that I believe is Bible. 
everything. So if I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, if I am literally where I'm supposed to be, there would be massive fruit. Every person in this room has, if you are saved, even if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost yet, you have the power to raise the dead. And you have to ask yourself, the only reason why I'm not walking down here is I'm sensing a little, little funkiness. Otherwise, I'd walk down the aisle so I could be closer to you guys in the back too. But it gets a little when I'm getting over here. So we'll work on that. But we're going to have to have that fixed too because Pastor Rodney will be all over this building. All over it. And I don't want the wrath, so we need to get that fixed. So you have to ask yourself, who am I winning? Hanging on and just simply coming to church. Listen, it's not it. That's not the Bible. These signs will, not can, will follow those you believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up servants. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now understand this. You're like, man, I, I, can't, I can't do anything right in this church. I just clapped and I'm about to rip you for clapping. Everybody claps to those verses because they love Jesus. But that's what you and I are supposed to be doing. Daily. Yeah, but I have a job. You know that what should actually happen is that the ministry of the Holy Spirit will slowly but surely take over your whole life. If you let it. I don't mean it, he's a he. I mean let the movement take over your life. It'll overwhelm your job. Doesn't mean you're quitting your job. It'll make your job easy. The job that you're supposed to have will open up for you. For those of you that hate your jobs. But you never give them a chance. How do you turn things around? How did I, you want, I'm just, I'll make it personal. How did I turn things around? Listen, it, it's a long 16 years. It really is. It's a, it's a long 16 years of 250, you know, 200 to 250, 150 to 250, whatever the numbers were. And every single time when we got to 250, man, we're busting at the seams. Preach one sermon about repentance, half the church leaves. <laughs> the most the church ever left was when I preached about, book, about the book of Revelation. I mean, there was tons of families left then. Never saw them again. So you have to break through that wall. How do you do it? I want, I'll ask yourself, am I the same as I was six months ago or worse? You know, you, you're never getting better. You're never, getting, you're never staying the same. You're either getting better or you're getting worse every day. And you know it. Because where's the fruit? If I'm wrong, show me the fruit. That's all that I want. You show me the fruit. I want to see the dead raised, how many people you're healing, how many people you're bringing to church. People think that, you know, it's so funny about it, is people will be like, man, I'm really going to devastate the church by leaving. <laughs> Tom's going to be up all night. Tom's never up all night. Even when Hope and I have fought, we fight like maybe one t once every decade. Seriously. Even then, I sleep like a baby. I'm out. She's probably over there stewing. How could he be sleeping right now? Because that's what I do. You're not keeping me up. 
What's so funny is you may, you, now some of you are going to think this is carnal. You are. And that's fine. Maybe it is. But what I do when somebody, and I'm not talking about people who just fade out of the church or whatever. I'm talking about people that I've known who walk out. I ask Hope, what did they give? How dare you? Because I don't pay attention to what people give. I have no idea what any of you gives in here. But at that moment, what did they give? Most of the time, it's nothing. And I can tell you this, 100% of the time, they never brought a soul to church. 100% of the time, not a soul. And they think that it's a devastating loss. And almost 100% of the time are ripping me behind my back or the worship leader, whoever was here at the time, or ripping that person behind their back, ripping them, you know, behind their back, gossiping about them. So what exactly did we lose? You see, you should evaluate yourself like that, not the pastor. The pastor shouldn't have to evaluate. You should evaluate yourself. Man, well, I came in here to be encouraged. This is breaking you through. You want to know how to turn it around? You, you think that when I sit, listen. When I did that, when I did that video, this is like Rodney Howard Brown day in here, but it's not the message. Maybe I'll get to it. What time is it? Oh boy. I'm going to tell you this. I did that viral video in the parking lot of the old church, out of anger, really in the midst of sin. Really, it was true. I wish it wasn't. I wish I could tell you something more holy, like I went out to the truck and there was, you know, Hillsong music playing and, <laughs> or just angelic harp music playing, whatever it may be. I wish that that was true. What's going on? Hey! Good job, guys. See, I told you, I, that's Aaron. That's the mad genius back there. There he is. <laughs> told you. No, no Aaron, no Tom. Simple as that. <laughs> but it was. And I, went, I went out there and, you know, I did the video. And there was the miracle. Miracles happened after that. And these are real miracles. You need to understand what, the, I mean, this is real. Miracles apply to the times, too. Like back then, you didn't have tech miracles in Bible times because there was no Facebook. But here's the thing is I went back into my house after that, never thought of a thing about it. People think because people are religious and critical and they think by being critical that they're actually accomplishing something. Just, you know what? Even if you win an argument, doesn't mean you really accomplished anything. Soul been saved? Anybody been healed? No, I mean, I'm not talking about not preaching the word, being instant in season, out of season, reproving, rebuking, exhorting with all long suffering and doctrine. But it doesn't mean that you actually have done anything. It's just because you happen to prove somebody wrong and that's your ministry in life. I'm not saying don't speak the truth. You should in love, of course. But so I, I had no, people probably think, well, he was just trying to get to know Pastor Rodney. I had no interest in ever meeting Rodney R. Brown. None. I didn't like his ministry, didn't like his church. Never thought, when I drew, I used to drive by the river all the time. And I'm like, boy, I'm glad I don't go there. <laughs> Seriously. You know, that's the laughing church. People convulse there, people fall out. And I'd fallen out, what's my problem? You see, that's how the devil gets in. It really makes no sense what your problem is. It makes no sense, it's carnal. You're feeding your carnal nature. You like being aggravated. You, you like contention, right? 
So I had no interest in any of that. But the miracle was that night after that video, I'm on the couch just scrolling through, scrolling through Facebook and my video appears. I'm like, why is my video on? I shot that live. I never watch, I never watch myself preach. I hate it. I can't stand the sound of my own voice. I sound like that. And number one, I don't picture myself being large. I don't. I picture myself average size. I really do. That's in my mind. I picture myself that way. And when I see myself like here, there's no context. But if you put Naz next to me, I look like Goliath. And she should have stones in her hand. I see myself on video all the time at the river. I'm like, who's that? Oh gosh, that's me. So I'm sitting on the couch. And I'm scrolling through, and my video appears. I'm like, it's impossible. And I never look at my stuff. And I had never typed in my life Rodney Howard Brown. So there's no way for my iPad to default to his name. No way. And not only that, it was no effort. It appears. Here it is, video. I'm like, oh, why's my video on? And then I look. That's not, that's not Foundation Church playing my video, which would be the only way to conceive that. Conceptually speaking, there is no way that I would ever see it because I've never shown any interest in that ministry. And it appears, boom. So I'm watching it and I caught it right at the time where Pastor Rodney R. Brown goes, you know what? I don't know who this guy is. He's playing my video live at the river. I mean, tens of thousands of people watching. Tens of thousands watching live. This is before they started to, to mess with his numbers. They mess with my numbers all the time too. You never know who, who all is really watching. Because they just will put you, they'll pick a number for you. And that's as high or as low as you can go. So I'm like, wow, this is awesome. You know, this is cool. Because I saw the numbers. And he said, I, I don't know who this is, but I want to meet him. So I, of course, try to get hope. She doesn't answer her phone, which is not unusual. But anyway, <laughs> Norma always answers her phone. Seriously, always answers her phone. So Norma gets my call or text and she comes running over the house because she was next door at Heather's. You know, and... I'm going, Norma. I'm like, I literally, I'm like, I'm like four. <laughs> Norma. Ronnie Howard Brown is showing my video. <laughs> Look it. So <laughs> Norma bursts into tears. Bursts into tears. And she's very excited. I still have never hoped to this day. I don't think he's ever seen it. <laughs> so later that night. I'm in the office, I'm a night owl, so it's, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, Jonathan's live. I don't know why he was live so late, but he was live doing Check the News. He just started doing Check the News. Jonathan Shuttlesworth. If you don't follow him, you're missing it. Seriously, you're just missing it. There's only a few remnant preachers out there. Everybody else shut their churches. And I don't care if they reopened. If they haven't come out and said the vaunted three words, which are, I was wrong. Forget them. Forget them. Forget them. I was wrong. Forget them. I don't care if they reopen. I don't care if now they're Mr. Trump. Now they're Mr. Conservative. Well, we've been standing the whole time. Uh, you can scroll back on Facebook, clown show. <laughs> certainly weren't closed in there when you had your mass services. I mean, you certainly weren't open there when you had your mass services and were closed for six months. So I'm in my office. And again, I'd never even heard of Jonathan. Ever. So all of a sudden, my video is playing again. 
It's impossible for my iPad to default to a name I never typed and never liked. Nothing. And suddenly there it is again. Well, why is my video playing? And who's that? It's playing live on his show with thousands upon thousands of people watching. So I run into the room. It's, it's really late. And I try to wake up. Oh, look, look, look. Her response was, uh, yeah. That's it. Many times throughout our marriage, she wakes up. If I, make, if I make the slightest sound, she wakes up and starts lecturing me in the middle of the night. And has no remembrance of it whatsoever. Do you know what time it is? How are you going to get up? I remember that in my sheriff's office career. I'd come into the room, I'd make some peep, and she sits up like a, like a zombie, like a walking dead. I could tell she's not really conscious. She looks at her clock, you know, back when there was no phones. To everybody that ran their lives, you actually had an alarm clock next to the bed. Do you know what time it is? And I would just say, listen, you're not awake right now. But I'm 39 years old. I'm 15 years into police work. I've been answering police calls for 15 years. Really don't need you to worry about what time I go to bed. And I get up every day without your help. She doesn't have any remembrance of it at all. So it got to the point whenever she do that sit up, which is kind of creepy, by the way. <laughs> I wish I could demo it for you. It's creepy. I just start doing this. Go back to bed. Go back to sleep. Because every morning I'm like, do you remember you talking to me last night? Well, I kind of sort of remember something. And she didn't remember nothing. But if you want to turn things around, how many, how, is this resonating with anybody? Yes. Is it? Do you want to turn things around? I don't, I don't care what it is in life. I want you to, if you turn things around with the Holy Ghost, everything will change. Amen. But you're going to have to be broken. Some of you, you have your rules. I will attend church if it's this, if it's that, if this, and I will attend that church if this, if that. That's not what God wants. God wants you to go where he tells you to go. Not whether or not you'll be on the worship team. Not whether or not you get to preach. Not whether or not you get to teach a Bible study. Nothing. You go where he tells you to go. If it's not to make a church that makes your heart go pitter-patter or flutter, but he tells you to go there, get in there. I'll tell you what I did. I am not comfortable. Well, I am now. But back then, as this is what, May? End of May? So two years and two months ago, I was not comfortable at the river. I never preached against it by name, but I certainly preached against it. Not comfortable. What did I do, though? So I sensed that there's an open door. Remember that old Gaither vocal band song, Beyond the Open Door is a New and Fresh Anointing? Will you walk through it? Because that door ain't going to be comfortable. Look at me. Do my face. That door is not going to be comfortable for you. Do you get it? It's not going to be comfortable for you. It's not going to be necessarily what you like, but it'll be the greatest move you ever made. What did I do? So I sensed an open door on, what was it? April 28th, about five weeks after he was arrested, four weeks to five weeks after he was arrested, Pastor Rodney called me on the phone. And I talked to him. He was... He was very forgiving of the sheriff. I was not that arrested him. 
And Adonica, Pastor Adonica was just like me. She was in the background. We were on a conference call. And just, the sheriff, she was not happy. Because that's how hope is with me. Like you think, you think I get mad at you? I don't even care. Hope, on the other hand. <laughs> Watch it. And the same thing at the restaurant. He's just, he's forgiven. You know, he's my friend. You know, he actually grabbed me by the arm and said, don't talk about it. Don't just be easy on the sheriff. Because I'd come up and he'd invite me to preach at the river. And he's trying to mend Francis. And I'm up there just ripping Chronister. You know how, you know how I like to hold back. No holds barred, none. So I stopped. He told me to stop. But anyway, so I sensed an open door. He called me. And I'm like, there's something going on here. Something's happening. Feel it in my bones. I could feel it. And I'm like, uh, so what did I do? I, this is, just, this is not literal, this is figurative. I basically drove to Vegas and put it all on black. Seriously, I did. They opened the stand, and I invited our, many of you were there, invited our entire church to go to the river, which I had preached against for 16 years straight. Would you do that? Look at me, look at me, look at me. That's what you're going to have to do. That's what you're going to have to do, something like that. God will open that door. You guys are doing great with this. Awesome job. Thank you. God will open that door. Will you walk through it? Will you forgive? Will you give your husband another chance? Even though he's blown it most of your marriage. Because it's, all, it's totally against everything that you have on the inside of you. But will you do it? So I put it all on black. All of my years of toil, everybody that I had gotten to come to my ministry, I brought them all to a church I didn't trust. And you think Jesus made it easy on me? He didn't. I get there. We're all, so we all go to the stand. There was a hundred plus of us, wasn't there? I mean, and we all had our foundation church shirts on. I mean, we were all sweating through them because it was like a hundo on AstroTurf and no umbrellas. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, there's... That's how, hey, you guys, that's how I got to know them right there. We wouldn't know each other right now. If I didn't make the movie, we'd have no, we have no knowledge of each other. Some of the stuff that was going on before that is river people started to show up at Foundation Church. I'm like looking out there going, there's black people here. I'm like, wow. We don't ever have, I'm like, hey, I told you, I don't. I know that you're considered a racist now if you say you don't care about race. I, I could care less about race, but you certainly notice in Inglewood, Florida, if a black person shows up at your church. I'm like, hey! This is, I mean, and it's so funny is people will call me a racist. I run to them because I'm excited. It's great. I'm, multi, I'm multicultural. Everybody calls me a racist bigot and all those things, but I'm actually, I'm like, hey, people don't actually think that. So people from the river were showing up, coming and saying, hey, can we take a picture with you? We really appreciate this. Driving down from who knows where. And that's where it started to trickle. Started to trickle. And I'm like, something's happening here. Now this is, this is, this is it. And Pastor Rodney would call me occasionally. 
And I'm like, okay. So I go put it all on black. Drive to Vegas, put it all on black. Bring the entire church up to the stand. <laughs> and you think, Jesus, you know, if, you pre if you believe Jesus the way the Ark Church preaches him, that he's a bongo playing hippie, He's all accommodating. We'll take it easy. You know, it's it's seeker-sensitive. You know, it's seeker-sensitive. We, we want to ease you. Wanna, we want to marinate you in. We want to marinate you in. Certainly isn't the Bible, but that's what we believe as Christians. That's why a lot of you have lost your kids, by the way. You should have preached it. Preach it. Preach it. So I'm telling you, you now what do you do to get them back? Preach it. Come on, how do you not know? Preach it. So we're up there, basically all of us dying, because it's 100 degrees on the AstroTurf, and nobody thought to bring an umbrella, including me. So I'm like slathering on the 150 proof, whatever you call it, sunscreen. But I'm like sitting there going, I am nervous. My old church here. You know, if, if those 100 people leave, especially since when COVID started, 40% of the church left, that's all I had. <laughs> and I just retired. <laughs> I didn't have another job to go to. For all the other years, I go, well, I'll just go back to sheriff's office. There's nothing. I'm like, you know, <laughs> boom. And uh, see, everybody wants Jesus to make it easy. I'm, so I look over, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh. <laughs> you make the move, then you got to fight the carnality. I'm like, oh my. What, I, have all, I know all these people who are much smaller than, so I knew everybody by name. What's he thinking? What's he, I'm looking at people stone, you know, just stone cold. Standing there, sitting there in our lawn chairs. And I look to my right, and I'm like, you think Jesus will make it easy on you? No, immediately. Someone just, their music hadn't even started yet. Nothing. And someone looks like a fish flopping in their chair. In front of, I'm like, oh my. I'm like, so I just resigned myself. Nothing I can do now. <laughs> and you think that exactly the opposite is going to occur than the will of God. What was going to happen was, was God was going to erupt this church through, through doing exactly what I didn't believe in. He doesn't contradict the word. It was my misinterpretation of the spirit of God and the sword of the spirit. Publicly mocking me. Look, I'm going to blow up your church by making you uncomfortable. Will you do that? Are you going to drive to Vegas and put it all on black? Because that's what you're going to have to do. You want your kids back? Amen. You got spiritual zombies in your house? Spiritual automatons in your house? There's a reason why. You're going to have to do what's uncomfortable to get them back. But will you do it? I did exactly the opposite. I call it the Costanza principle. You've heard me preach this before. It's hardcore gospel. Costanza principle. From Seinfeld. Costanza <laughs> comes in, his whole life has changed. He just got to become a hand model. 
Women are loving him suddenly. There's a short, portly, bald man in New York. Women are loving him. Everything turned around and he said, this is my religion. If everything that I've ever thought, if every instinct I ever had was wrong, then the opposite must be right. If the fruit is telling you that it's wrong, the opposite of what you're doing must be right. And some of you are like, I've got a good job, I've got a good business, I, my kids are saved. Great. Where's the miracles? Where's the salvations? I love you. Listen, I love you. Where are they? Where are the miracles? Where are you laying out your hands on the sick and them recovering? Regularly. Where's the ministry? Where's all the people that you're bringing? Look at all the empty purple chairs in here. We should fill these bad boys. So it's so depressing when all the kids get up and leave. It's like 100 people gone. We can fill those up, right? But you're going to have to do the opposite of what you're doing right now because what you're doing right now is not helping us to fill the purple chairs. You're coming, and I want you to come. Believe me, I do. Everything, to pa everything everybody always thinks it's, it's all about money when it comes to pastors. I don't even need anybody's money. I have a full retirement from the sheriff's office. I got a million dollars in the bank. I'm not kidding you. Over a million dollars sitting there. Jeff Tomas makes it get bigger and bigger and bigger for me every year. I don't touch it. I started off with, like, you're like, hey, this guy talks about everything. Yeah, because I flat, look, look at me, I don't care. Honestly, don't care. Well, I, pastor's a million. Yeah, I'm, I'm a millionaire from pushing a police car around for 25 straight years. And I just took my retirement out of the FRS and gave it to Jeff and he made it blow up. That what gave to Jeff and I said, you know, here's what, 800 grand or something. And he turned it into 1.2 million in, in, a, in three years. You're advertising for your friend. Yeah, I am. I don't care. I, I, really, I don't care. You want somebody, you want a male that will actually answer your phone calls? Nobody else does. But I don't need people's money. You know what matters to pastors? You being here. That's what matters. That's what matters is that there are people actually show up. We want to do this and we want to do that. Well, are you here all the time? Or because I certainly don't notice you. And if I don't know, Heather knows. If Heather doesn't know, Hope knows. They know whether people are here or not. We want to, we, you know, Pastor, have you ever thought about whenever you're out of town? You know, for like the once every five years that I miss? I want to be, I want to be your sub. No, I never see you. But I'm an apostle, lovely. That's beautiful. Go be apostolic somewhere else. Because that person's not doing the opposite. They have no ministry. They wander around. Why is your marriage horrible? Because you need to be doing the opposite of what you're doing right now. And that doesn't apply. I know that somebody, somebody just looked at me, oh, my marriage isn't horrible. I know. I know it's, I'm, I'm just saying if it is. If it, what are you going to do? The opposite. Because what you have currently done has made your wife hate you. Do you know many, you know many marriages that I've counseled? See, there I am. There's what I do. Our, our guys have gotten to be experts at opening doors for people leaving. I, I'm leading the country. And people walking out in the middle of my messages. I mean, it takes boldness to do that. It really does. But you have to do the opposite. 
So I'm up there and we're up at the river and I'm like, people are convulsing. People are screaming. I'm screaming on the inside. I'm like, it's over. But you know what, at least I went down doing something exciting. But right then, and it had been trickling before that, the church starts to go like this. Pop, pop. Pop, pop. Pop, pop. And as Pastor Rodney doesn't rush into anything either, as he found out that I'm over months and months and months, and really over the last two years, found out that I'm not some loon that's going to call him every 10 seconds, he welcomed me in to be pastored by him. You know, there's... If he gets an inkling of any, Hope ratted me out to Pastor Rodney. <laughs> Took my phone, hit it. When I blew out my back, I was getting pretty pouty. I may be chubby, but I'm active. The only reason why I'm chubby is because I, I eat terrible. But I'm very active. I don't like to lay still. That's exactly what you have to do when your back's blown out. Is like still plus I'm torqued because that shouldn't be an issue anymore. It's unbelief. So I'm not happy and I'm pouting. It's over. <laughs> Pastor Rodney tells her, take his phone. <laughs> take it. Don't let him put anything out. Take his phone. It's been a long time. So you guys didn't see all the ins and outs of it. It was, it was rough. I've tried, you know, I'd come and try to make it, whatever. Couldn't move around. I'm 100% now. I feel great. Amen. I feel great. <laughs> Natalie Iverson helped me out greatly too. Thank you, Natalie, wherever you are over here somewhere. I think there she is. Love you. But that's being pastored. And he starts calling me. I told her, I said, this is, I told her, this is the words that I used. And so this is going to offend a lot of you women. That's my specialty is offending women <laughs> who are the heads of their homes. <laughs> my specialty, because you shouldn't be. And so, I know that some of you have to step up and do that because your husband, but if that's not what you're supposed to be doing, they need to knock it off. But I said, hope, and I mean, I was angry. This is a direct order. <laughs> do not call Pastor Rodney. Don't call him, because I never call him, ever. Never. I never call him. He, does, he even gets on me about never calling him. I never call of course, I don't call my own mother. I don't call anybody. I'm horrible. I'm a horrible friend. Seriously, terrible friend. I would not want any people. Everybody wants to be the friend of the pastor. You don't want to be my friend. Terrible friend. Horrible. So what does she do? Defies my orders from the general. From the general. And I know this, I was supposed to preach a whole other message. It's gone. Sorry. It's over. It's 1141. We're doing I'm going to finish here at some point. Are you all right with that? Yeah. It's different. I know it's different. And I'm not doing this to advertise for Pastor Rodney, for all those of you that are critical, that think critical is getting you somewhere. It's not. I done it. 53 years old. I did it for decades. It doesn't mean that, listen, it doesn't mean that you don't speak the truth. Or preach the word. But understand something that just sitting back and being critical. Oh, the reason why he's doing that is to get an offering. The reason why he's doing that is because his friend Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's coming. 
So he's just doing this. No, I didn't. I just did it because God put it on my heart. And he kind of hid it to me. I'm not going to let you preach that message today. I'm like, thanks. I spent three, I was up till three in the morning with that thing. It was hinting to me. I'm like, oh man. And I've been wanting to get off of that stage. I can't stand it up there. I can't. I don't like it. Aaron knows. Aaron and I gripe about the stage all the time. I hate those black curtains. I do. I hate that thing. It gnaws at me at night. Tom, this is the stage. I look like crap. And I like looking like crap. There's nothing you can do about it right now. Yeah, we'll see. So I'm just telling you, if you want to turn things around, you've got to do the opposite of what you're currently doing. You've got to read the fruit. So the church starts to bump up. It's growing. And I'm like, this is, you know, this is great. But then God prompts you to do everything that you're uncomfortable with. You know what we did at the river, Hope and I, this week? Again, if, if talking about finances bothers you, that's why you're poor and it's why nobody likes you. If you're a tightwad, repent now. I'm going to have an altar call. Tightwad's all tightwad. No, I'm just kidding. It's holding you back. If you don't tithe, you're a fool. You're an absolute fool. Oh, that's, the, you know what, Tom? That's, that's, uh, you know, that's Old Testament. No, no, it's Abrahamic covenant. It's before the law. It's Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. It's the order of Melchizedek. That's what you do. You gave a tithe long before you ever heard the word tithe in the law. You gave a tenth of all to Abraham. That's what, then we're, we are in the morphing of the Abrahamic covenant. That's where we are, by faith. And you're like, Tom, why are you talking about that? Because I had to do the opposite when it came to finances for this church too. How many of you want to be rich? Shouldn't be ashamed because God is, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich, 2 Corinthians 8 9. Shouldn't be ashamed. You should be like, I want to be rich. Who, how are you going to pay people's mortgages? How are you going to do it? With no money? You going to go over there and smile at them? You can't pay for things if you're not rich. Well, I'm just going to, you know, muddle through life. That's not the gospel. That's not life and life to its full abundance. You want to pay people's bills? You need to be rich. You have two avenues to go if you want to be rich. Two avenues to go. You can go the world's way. You can go God's way. God said, give the tithe at minimum and then sacrificially give. And you'll be rich. A lot of you just tithe because you think it's an obligation. I mean, I'm a good Christian, so I tithe. You don't look at it as seed. Every dime that I give, I expect a return. Well, I'm way too humble for that. Are you really above me? Are you sure you're above me? Are you sure? It's like when we were up at the river this week. Our offerings, I'm talking about, and again, this is the warning. If you're worried about money and you're going to get all hyped up on it, that's on you. Go ahead. Our offerings two and a half years ago averaged between two and $6,000 a week. And mainly we're in the three to four range. 
If we got six, Heather and I and Hope and Travis would throw a party. And blow the entire 6,000, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd, have my, I'd have my pastor appreciation Jamaican vacation on your dime. No. You're like, Tom, why do you, why do you sit there and go, why, I mean, why do you worry about people being critical of money? Because it's, it's for you. You may not believe this. I may be a lousy friend, but I love all of you. I want you to prosper in all areas of life. I care about you. Tithing is for you, not for me. Tithing is for you, not for God. It's for you so that you are free. It's casting down unbelief. All sacrificial giving is. So what did I, it, so our tithes were two to $6,000 a week and really they were $3,000 a week. It'd be $3,200 a week, really what it was. We had to pay $7,100 a month in rent. I had to be paid, I had to pay a few employees. I was making a startling 30 grand a year after retirement, $85,000 a year at the sheriff's office. Took a $55,000 pay cut and worked for you. People would, in fact, still get accused of wasting money. I'm like, how am I wasting money? I remember there's been various stories throughout the years of people coming up and talking to me about wasting money. You know, it just seems like every time we get it, we spend it. Yeah, numb nuts. These, there's called bills. You think it's going to my $12,000 salary? That's what I made. I went from zero to 7,000 to 12,000 for the first 10 years of Foundation Church. That was my salary. And people would talk to me about wasting money. I remember a guy. I actually met him for lunch, the fool that I was back then. I don't do that anymore. I meet people for lunch, but I don't meet doodahs for lunch like that guy. And he's like, I just feel like we waste money at church. I said, name how we, how we waste money. Just give me a list. I want to know. Give me a list. Certainly isn't on Pastor Appreciation Day, since we've never had one, never will. So I'm just curious, how do we waste money? And he, owed his own, and he sat there and he, and he thought, that's how the devil works. There's no real answer to what is causing you angst in your mind. What's causing you hatred in your mind or, or uh, criticism in your mind. There's no real reason for it. It's just that's what gives you life. Turn from that. That's what repentance is, is a 180 degree turn of mind. And so he sat there and I watched him. We're sitting at Outback together. And I watched him think and he goes, well, we spend a lot of money on candy at VBS. That's all he had. Candy at VBS? I'm not a violent man. <laughs> but in the moment. <laughs> and I told him, A, we don't. B, we didn't buy it. My friend Jason Lucas bought it all. Whoops! His new name written on that white stone when that man gets to heaven will be numb nuts. <laughs> a lovely man totally caged 
That's most everybody in this room. And I'm 53 and I spent till 50 being caged. I don't care if you're 70. Your greatest days are ahead if you'll get out of that cage. Get out. Get out. Get out of the cage. But you're going to have to do the opposite of what you're currently doing or you're in the cage shining the bars. Mm, that's nice. Anybody got any extra armor all? I prefer the stuff that comes on the sheets. I like my cage to shine. And again, you're in it. If, there, if you don't have fruit to disprove me, you're in it. You can be as hurt and offended as you want to be. But take it to the Holy Ghost and he'll tell you the exact same thing. Because the reason why you're hurt, the reason why you are hurt and offended is because the Holy Spirit's talking to you right now and you are kicking against the goads. Don't kick against them. I've learned that lesson. Now you can be like me and waste another decade and never learn. And then God will lay your ministry out before you in heaven and say, this is what you were supposed to do. But you're too lazy to do it. You wouldn't make the moves. You're like, Tom, this is offensive. I've already told you. I've told you many times. I've wasted. I got saved when I was 18. I wasted from 18 to 50. And look how merciful God has been to me. He'll do the exact same thing for you. He's not a respecter of persons. in neither judgment nor blessing. He'll do the same thing for you. And in these beginnings of sorrows that I was supposed to preach about today, it's all accelerated. It'll go faster. One year is worth 10 right now. I'm telling you. We are the restraining. We're holding it all back. God wants to empower you, but you're going to have to change. You're going, to have, you're going to have to do things that are diametric. If you're somebody who's like, you know, you know, Pastor, I want to, and I disagree with you on this, and I just want to just stop doing that. You're like, Tom, you're just being, you really, do you honestly think that I run from confrontation? I'm like a moth to a flame to confrontation. I have to be held back by Aaron, by Hope, by Heather, because I'll go and argue. I'll fight. Are you on Twitter again? Yeah. <laughs> just Tom, it's a waste of time. I know. I just want to say this one. I was late for our first Sunday here. I got here at like 10.07. I had to park 150 yards away. <laughs> Because I was arguing, this is really bad. I was arguing with a woman. I was sitting on the toilet. <laughs> on the first day of this building. Heather's probably like, where is he? And Norma just goes, we all were. I'm driving the parking lot. I pulled in here. I'm like, man, did they invite a guest speaker? Seriously. And I looked at all the cars, I'm like, wow, who did they invite? Did Hope invite somebody without telling me? Are they having a concert here? Did Rodney here? <laughs> so when we were at the conference this week, God starts to hit me. Give away, give this away, give that away. And see, a lot of you are like, no, that's, you know, that's, you need to be conservative. And, no, forget that. It's not God's way. It's not his way. His way is, is being a living sacrifice. That's not conservative. Romans 12, 1. So I'm sitting there and God's like, I want you to give $25,000 to the River Church Baltimore. 
This guy, this pastor, young guy, in the early 30s, tatted from head to toe. Tatted up. And he's like, give that up. Give, and I'm talking about the church's offering. By the way, we need it. Like, I hate the stage. Like I told you earlier, stage needs 200 grand. It does. I mean, the, the air conditionings alone were 300 grand. This is not light. So I'm like, so I'm sitting there, and you guys, this is how spiritual I am. I'm a very, very spiritual man. When anybody says that, that means they're not. <laughs> and everybody, anybody gives you their resume, run. Sure, turn around and run. Full repentance. <laughs> Pastor, you know, I sat for years under this ministry and that ministry. I just wanted to tell you, I'm out, bye. Just tell me what you want to do here. What do you want to do here? So he starts telling me, give away your whole offering. My whole offering, God, what about the stage, God? I hate the stage. The stage speaks to me audibly. And Aaron, too. We both hate it. We talk about how it talks to us. We talk about how we both hate it. So give that, give that. Okay. Will do. Last time I was there, the Lord told me to give to the River Amsterdam. And I, and I didn't. I just, it wasn't anything on purpose. It just didn't, didn't work out. So here comes Pastor Ben. And my heart disconnects with this man. I don't know what it is with it. When I was unspiritual, three years ago, I would have gone, yeah, man. Back to the Bible, please. But it's the Bible. The Bible is written by the Holy Spirit. You need to connect with him, too. The Holy Spirit, which is an interesting concept. Don't let me forget about Pastor Ben. It's an interesting concept of what's happened in the modern church. Is it really 1155? Wow. Wow. Aaron, I think I'm speaking the whole time, like you said. But anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I just about to talk about? Oh, yeah, Holy Spirit. This is the interesting thing going on in the church right now, and I said this on the podcast last night. Well, I screamed it on the podcast last night. The entire podcast was me screaming. So anyway, I'm a little hoarse this morning from the podcast. And what's very interesting is, is that all the Christians these days, whether it's COVID or not, says you have to, you know, you have the Bible, but you have to use wisdom, right? But you have, you have 1 Corinthians one twenty one. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So but then the COVID strikes and everyone says, well, you know, I believe, I believe Matthew 16, 19. That whatever you bind is bound, whatever you loose is loose. But you have to use wisdom in the midst of this horrible pandemic. 99.9% survival rate. Better than the flu for people 0 to 50. I have it all memorized, of course. I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm a loser. It's all memorized. But it's very interesting to me, if you go over to John 16, 13, it says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come, right? So here's the thing. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not allowed to speak on his own authority, but the Christian is. The Holy Spirit speaks on, not on his own authority. He only speaks what he's heard. But the Christian is allowed to speak whatever they want. They speak on the Holy Ghost who killed Ananias and Sapphira. He's not allowed to speak whatever he wants, but the Christian is. 
He doesn't add to the word. He doesn't subtract from the word. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go in and possess the land of which the Lord God of your fathers has given you. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you, Deuteronomy 4.1, right? And then everybody says, well, that's lovely, but you gotta use wisdom, that's adding. The Holy Spirit doesn't do it. He's not, he's not, listen to that, he's not licensed to do that, but you are. Think about that. It's a very interesting concept going on in the church today where they can just go ahead and sprinkle their wisdom on the Bible and the Holy Spirit's not allowed to do it. But, but Sister Bertha is, that sits in the fifth, 15th row every Sunday with a seat that has her name on it because she gave $100 to the church. And her dead husband's got a brick out there everybody walks on every Sunday. Hey, there's Bill. <laughs> He's got some gum in his name now. We need to plug, get that, that putty knife out here. Praise Jesus. And they're all adding to the Bible. Holy Ghost is forbade by the almighty God of Israel, forbade from doing it and then Christians do it. That's why there'll be an end times falling away like you've never seen before. And that's why so many people are dropping dead right now. Say added to the word. It's happening everywhere. I didn't do my COVID update today, but I can tell you this. It's happening everywhere. We ran it on the podcast last night. Slovakia, Australia, Philippines, got all the data. Their excess deaths are 90%. So you look at it this way, simplistic numbers, like I used on the podcast last night, say 100,000 people died. Now it's 190,000 in one year. One year, everywhere. It's here too. They just hide the numbers here. Philippines hasn't wised up yet. England just cut their numbers a month ago. They won't release them anymore because that's the exact same thing going on. Australia's hospitals are completely overrun. And it ain't with COVID. Their excess mortality is 90% above what it used to be. It's a fact. And it's got nothing to do with COVID. So people will die of COVID because they have ADE. They have no ability to fight off disease anymore. One booster after another, one booster, killing off their immune system. That's why you stand in the Word of God. There's, there's no equivocation. There's no, whatever you bind is bound, whatever you loose is loose. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases, Matthew 16, 19, Matthew 8, 17. There's none of those things, and then adding your sprinkling of wisdom. And now people are dead because of it. Christian people are dead because of it. Pastors are supposed to stick with the word of God. You don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You open your church doors. It's really, life is easy. It really is easy. And the, uh, the change that I'm telling you to make today is easy. You already know. Your steps are ordered. Psalm 37, 23. You, a lot of us have been sitting on that exact same step for years. For some of you, the, the first step is be nice. You know it's you. Be nice. You're like, Tom, you sound like you speak from experience. Yes. I'm not inherently super nice. I know it's shocking to believe. My genteel personality. 
I'm not. Not super nice. I'm not. I'm cordial. Not super nice. You act like a dumb dumb, I'm going to tell you flat out to your face. You're a dummy. <laughs> tell my son before his MMA fight to F off numerous times. I'm coming. I may lose the fight. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? That's a story I told at the church, the old church. Right before my, my son's last MMA fight, there's a guy just effing him off in the crowd, another fighter. So I sat there and took it in. And when Tommy choked out the guy in the ring, 30 seconds, minute, 30 seconds into the fight, as soon as it was over, man, I turned to that guy. He was sitting right where, where Francel is, just that far away. And just as easy as Francel could kill me, that guy would kill me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was like, I just turned and went, as soon as, it, as soon as Tommy tapped the guy out, I turned and went, hey, boom! Just like that. Not, not the world's most mature human being. This is a drunken, basically a redneck drunken fest with 600 people there with a bar on each end. That's how they make their money. And my son in a, in a ring, this is like gladiator. And that guy was a, is an MMA fighter. And all in my mind, I'm thinking, well, Tommy's here. <laughs> it's funny because we have a weirdo walking around our neighborhood right now and I was thinking the other day I'm going to confront the guy I'm bringing Tommy with me when I do that but I'm going <laughs> to so, I got you babe and hope, believe me I won't forget babe so we got Pastor Ben from Amsterdam and I just connect with him I sit there and I watch him worship and I brawl like, Tom, we can't picture you like that. You don't see me up here when I'm worshiping. You know, I'll tear up like that. So I just, so I go up to him, and I hand him. So we'd already handed 25000 to the uh, River Church Baltimore, his pastor and his wife. And we, I walked up to Pastor Ben, handed him that. And he comes up after the service. He goes, thank you so much. He goes, but I can't cash checks. He can't. He doesn't live here. He doesn't have an accountant in Florida. He lives in Amsterdam. He's a River graduate, River Bible Institute graduate, but he's sold out lock, stock, and barrel. Started a church, never closed in Amsterdam. The folks, that's, that's Nazi territory. Seriously. Like, perp walked. Rodney Howard Brown style, perp walked out. He never closed. Either the river Baltimore. In Baltimore, Maryland, never closes. You think I'm going to give money away? I'm not going to give our money. It's all ours. It's our tithe money. I'm not giving it away to doodahs. I'm not giving it away to, to people who are spineless little worms. So we give it that, and, and I'm like, you know, so there, well, our, our, I told you before, our offerings used to be two to 3,000 bucks a week. That offering last week was 52,000. And that's, and believe it or not, that's not even super high for us. We've had them way, way higher than that. And you, listen, you guys are wonderful people. You freaking give. Love you. Seriously, you do. And then I give away all that you give. (laughs) Well, these are for men and women that are preaching the gospel. This is in Ron DeSantis territory. This is Adolf Hitler territory. This is Chuck Schumer sort of territory. Nancy Pelosi territory. 
This isn't Ron DeSantis territory. This is people coming like they did to Jonathan Shuttlesworth not a month ago and putting a, a notice on your door from, town, from Moon Township. Uh, this is a cease and desist order from a Presbyterian attender on the city council who loves to propagate homosexuality. Funny how that works. Jonathan never worried for a second. If that was me, I'd be No worries, just went and he spoke and they all melted. They all crumbled. Good luck surviving Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He goes up to the, he goes, <laughs> seriously, good luck. He goes up there in that city council and he starts talking to them and everyone just, people start, the city council members come up to them, what can we do to help you build a church? When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Proverbs 16, 7. So I started doing the opposite financially. It's not the first offering I've given away. And listen, I'm giving away offerings in the midst of trying to purchase this building. That is not Tom Lipley. That's the Spirit of God. And Tom Lipley yielding to the Spirit of God. You just give it, just say, you know what? There's a moment that I went up to Jonathan Shuttlesworth in probably May of 2020, June, May of 2020, and said to him, you know what? For now on, I'm tithing. Everything that my ministry brings in, I'm tithing to you and Pastor Rodney, period. And we never stopped. Now don't hesitate. The check's written on Monday. It's done. Sent off. And I told you before how we broke through here. Right when we had signed the contract for this building, I was like, I don't want, because we had to give them 750000 We had 856000 in the bank. This is a church, by the way, that we averaged between 10 and 20,000 in the bank for 15 years. And in a year. All you do is the opposite, baby. Fruit's coming through. That's all you gotta do. I'm telling you, I never tithed before. My ministry, the ministry money never tithed before. The moment that I did, the moment I came into subjection, this will shock some of you again. I am not the world's easiest person to pastor. <laughs> I'm not inherently obedient. I'm a little fiery, a little mean. It doesn't come naturally. You know, I just, you know, I want to be under the shelter of somebody's wing. No, not at all. So I had to do the opposite there too. Thank God I did. So we do the opposite. When I was about to give that money, I shouldn't even tell you this. I'll head towards the end with this. Aaron be percolating. (laughs) When I was uh, sitting, I was sitting in the front row and God told me, give 25,000 to the river of Baltimore. And I leaned over to Hope and I I said, Lord's telling me to give, give, give this money. I was like, when I was pondering it, I'm like, 25000 And the moment that I wrapped my hands around that money, because I'm thinking about, that's I knew in my spirit, my old spirit would have gone, no, it's, I'm making a conscious decision. It's not for me. I'm not taking it. I make the same money no matter what you give. So here's the thing. It was me just wanting to be in control. 
And I went, in my spirit, I went, no, I'm not, you know, it's just, not going to do that because we have so many needs. And, we have, and God said to me, that's not my way. Amen. My way is seed. You have a need, you give. You have lack, you give out of that lack. Yes. And let me do exactly the opposite of what your mind tells you to do. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. And immediately my hands clasped around that money. And my spirit spoke to me and said, you know what? No more. Let it go. And what's great is, is that when you are pastored, you can say this. Some of you know what's coming. What would he do? What would she do? What would Rodney Howard Brown do? Gives it all away. And God pours in the millions. Gives it away. Pours in the millions. Gives it away. You should see that place. Millions. He can't can't give it away. He gives it away all over the place. The most generous person I've ever met in my life. Challenged by Jonathan. Just gives it all away. Jonathan Jonathan gave a million dollars away last year. Just a million dollars away. You don't think, and he was trying to buy buildings, trying to buy a plane. Plane flies all over the United States, right then and there. Because I went through the same thing when we were about to, this last thing I'll tell you, Aaron, worship team, make your, wake your way up. That way, I, that way I'm forced to stop talking. But right when we were closing for this building, we had 856000 in the bank. And I know some of you heard this story before. And we had, to, we had to put down 750000 which, by the way, is rattling my brain. I am not a businessman at all. The only thing that I did to get this building was make it harder for Hope to get the building. <laughs> you know what I did? Yeah, there she is. Yeah. Yeah. It was Hope and Buck Settles that got the building. I did nothing but pray. I prayed and believed. But like when we were doing our walkthrough, don't let me forget about 856000 we were doing our walkthroughs. So I'm looking at the doors back here. We go out, and we're with the opposition's realtor. If you, I, look at, I look at everything as a competition. So we're with the, the previous owner's uh, real estate agent. And again, I'm not a businessman. So I'm all in. That's the problem with me. I'm either all in or all out. So we're walking out the door, and we're all talking about the roof. Um, Sufferlings had looked at the roof and they're like, it's bad. It's bad. And it was bad. And Todd, where are you at? Wave, he fixed our roof right there. That guy, right there. Wave your hand. Wave your hand right there. He fixed our roof. Wasn't for Todd. Waterfalls, baby. Right in the middle of the service. Seriously, that's how it was here. Todd fixed the roof. Sufferlings were looking at the roof and they're like, it's bad. And I trust those people. I love, the, love them. Long-term attenders here. I remember Karen's kids when they were little tiny people. You know, they're all grown up now. But... Yeah, tiny people. But we're walking out the door. I hope the sufferings weren't there to see this embarrassment by me, but maybe they were. I think Jeff was there. Norma was there. And the realtor, we're talking about the roof, and Hope's trying to work this out. Like, we want money. You know, you want $5 million for this building, and basically we're, you are running Florida's version of Niagara Falls right here. You can sell tickets to the waterfalls pouring into this building. No kidding. <laughs> And I go to the realtor. <laughs> Gosh, I'm such an idiot. Seriously. I go, I don't really care about the roof. We're buying it no matter what. And Hope's like, she's behind him. 
And as soon as I said it, the Holy Ghost goes, man, you're dumb. I do all this for you and you shoot your mouth off. You are so lucky I'm merciful. So Hope jumps in and goes, the fiduciary thing. You're, you now remember, she, she jumps in. She's a businesswoman. You're a fiduciary. You have to keep that to yourself. And the guy, he's a super nice guy. He really was a super nice guy. He says, I won't, I won't say a word because he knew I blew it. She knew I blew it because I'm like, no matter what, we're getting it. What a dummy. That's why I was totally out of it, kept out of it on purpose, at a distance. I'll take care of it. Yeah, it's all right. Heather does this all the time. I'll get to hear it. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I'll get it. Hope's the same way. I'll get it. Don't worry about it. Aaron's the same way. Don't worry about it. I've already got it. Don't go check. It's done. As they know, I'm going to go back there and start shooting my mouth off. So this is it. So we, 750,000 has got to come down. And I'm trembling at that. I'm like, I've never written a check like that in my life, ever. So I'm like, but Lord, I don't want, you know, we're going to do that. We only have 100,000 in the bank. We've got payroll. We've got to make our mortgage payment, which is 20-something thousand a month. 21,000 a month we pay for this. So I don't, you know, this is big, this is big time. And you guys are wonderful. We're making it with ease. I mean, really, with ease. You guys are the greatest church in the world. Seriously. You think, you think I love the river? I love the river. I love you more. I love you more. So I said, God, this is in November, just after Thanksgiving last year. I said, Lord, I don't want to have that. And he goes, I said, Lord, I want a million dollars in the bank by the end of the year. And you're like, man, this is a health and wealth preacher. Yeah, that's right. That's the Bible. Health and wealth is Bible. Took up our infirmities, carried our diseases. Yet for your sakes, he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. That's the Bible. Okay, that's the Bible. If you don't want to believe it, just say it out loud. Repeat after me. Ready? I don't like the Bible. This will make, seriously, everybody get ready. I don't like the Bible. Seriously, that's what you're saying if you don't want to be rich. It's not the Bible. Give it all away. So the Lord says to me, you know, I'm going to give you that money. And I was like, mm, mm, I'm out walking. Walking in the neighborhood. That's when I do all my praying. And I pray, pray floating in the pool. But anyway. <laughs> so the Lord says, I'm going to give you the money. I was like, yes. And he goes, but you're going to have to tithe to get it. And I said, I said to the Lord out loud, tithe what? 10% of what you want. And I said... Uh, so I want 150000 And I said, okay. I said, all right, so I got a 15000 I've got to give. Now I'm thinking, what, what was the super spiritual thought? Now I'm going from 856 to 841. That's how I thought. That's exactly how you stay poor. You give out of your need. I had a need. I don't want to go that low, Lord, in money. Because I knew, I knew I was going to have to even though Todd doesn't take nothing, I was going to have to buy his materials for him for the roof. He ain't going to do that out of his own pocket. Francel gives away all of his time too. I was going to have to buy air conditionings for Francel to put on the roof. Those giant cranes. He's putting on these massive units up there. Somebody's got to pay for that. I'm like, we'll I have a hundred grand to do all this. And I'm like, so my super spiritual response was what? Lord, I'm going to have to think about that. That's what I said out loud. I'm going to have to think about it. Uh, I, listen, I'm not here to tell you that I'm perfect. 
I'm telling you that this ship has left the port. I have not arrived at my destination. I'm inviting you to leave the port of safety. I'm inviting you to come with me. So I said, Lord, where do you want me to send it? Jonathan. And I said, I'll think about it. I did. I'll think about it. So I was coming out from sitting in the hot tub, coming back in. I have a rough life. Sitting in the hot tub, coming in. <laughs> no laughing. So I'm coming in. I just, I'd given up because there's just no resisting the Holy Ghost for me. I'm not resisting. I'm done resisting the Holy Ghost. I'm done. He wants to knock me to the floor, knock me to the floor. You want to taser me? Tase me, Lord. Tase me. I'll take it. It's the greatest feeling in the world. I didn't think being electroshocked by the Holy Ghost would be great. It really is. Fantastic. Your whole body straightens up, jerked back in your chair, drunk for hours afterwards. Great. Fantastic. So I said, okay. I came inside. I walked in. I said, hope oh, we have to send Jonathan 15000 Just write a check. Send him 15000 She said, well, it's funny because someone just sent a check to us for 15000 at that moment. That's how the Holy Spirit works. So what happens? So what happens to this? So you know I'm getting done. I'll head to the top here. I hate it up here. I'm like a little kid being sent to his room. There's my message right here. That was a nice, that was a waste of life. But anyway. So what happens after that? You do the opposite, right? God commissions a woman from Dallas, Texas, flies in, drops a $200,000 bomb on the church in one check, and flies home. Now the question is, in closing, do you want that? If you want that, stand to your feet, meet me right here at the altar, and we're going to come into agreement. Come on, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.